everybody. This is the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode 16. I am Jason, and I'm here with Jared. That's me. And Jay. I had a drink of five hours just now because I'm way too tired for this shit. And Michael. I'm just here. Yes. <laughs> so wait, so wait, one of you's on uppers and one of you's on downers right now? Is that what I'm getting? Who's on uppers? Well, Jay just drank a five hour. Okay. I'm on both oh, that's at right. the same time. Oh, okay. Good. Thank <laughs> yeah, God. I- I just downed a sleeping pill with a five hour. <laughs> Good. So you're just going to be normal the whole time. Pretty well, much. That's, well, that's how that works. For five hours. Yeah. After and, that, yeah. it's going to go to shit. And normal for Jay. What's in the news, Jason? It, it's the time of year when people go out on a Friday night looking for blood and a TV at the same time. And they get both. Or, or sometimes they get neither. Stab watch. <laughs> <laughs> so for all you long time listeners right right we brought back the stab watch because there's so much stabbing going on actually of all the <laughs> stories we have only there's only one stabbing technically but well stab watch is kind of uh, there's loose qualifications like i would accept a chair battle or um uh anytime you, you throw a chair at a rock concert yep at a rap concert sorry yep right. if you if you drive over someone with your car that gets on stab watch okay um, because you stabbed yeah, you, them with air. That didn't work, but... Yeah, you know shock I mean. somebody's no. balls with a car battery. Yeah, so, a t- taser fight. Anyway, I'm sorry, Jason. Yeah, tell yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Tell but us anyways, news. yeah, Black Friday was violent again, as it always is. If you're not American, then you don't understand, man. You just don't get it. Is it, is it, only, is it only us? I could have sworn that this happens in other countries. I didn't think it did. I saw on... Uh, uh, I mean, obviously, because it's associated with an American holiday, that does make a difference. Yeah. But um, I saw on Reddit, I think it was, they had a video that was Canadian Black Friday, and all the <laughs> all the stores were just dead. And I don't know if that was a joke or if that was really what Canadian Black Friday looked like. But well, I imagine I, if there was a Canadian I, I Black remember. Friday, wouldn't it be like Hug Watch or something? <laughs> no, <laughs> friendship no. watch. <laughs> friendship watch. Friendly handshake. Watch. I, I I do remember reading somewhere that you know uh, the UK had like a version of Black Friday and they stopped it because of Stab Watch basically. Well, they huh. have um, the UK. They have is it Boxing Day? I think That's it's after think it's, Christmas. Yeah. Well, right, right, right. But that Boxing Day is a similar thing, right? Where there are deals to be had, or is it the one where you're supposed to fight a kangaroo? I, I don't know. Well, that's every holiday. Well, <laughs> if you're lucky. Way to be weird, Europe. I don't know. We're, we're not. We're not very good on our international relations here. No, we <laughs> only we had a foreign guy. This is an American oh, podcast for American. We, we had one. He contributes to the website. We had to get rid of him, though. No, we're... only one minority at a time on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but we 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 may let him show up for our for our Christmas spectacular. It'll be like all the real Christmas specials where we have all the special guest stars from over the year come by. I'd like to do that, except I'd like to have them all at once. And hopefully it'll be just like such a cluster. Like this year, it's only four people. But maybe next year it can be like 17 people at once on, on a call. <laughs> That'd be great. It's like one of those games where they right at the end, before you fight the final boss, you have to fight each of the bosses you already beat all over again, just in a row. <laughs> maybe yeah. we can get Reggie Philame, or is that how you pronounce his name? Phil, Phil Ams or Reggie Fiamme, actually. Fiamme. That's, right. That's all right. right. He, he's well, he's not a listener now. Yep. God. But the, he will be. What you don't know is that Jared also fucked up his name before we started recording. So I did not. I said a, a little bit. A little bit. 
But uh, anyways, so police in Chicago were alerted to a theft where the thief, who was grabbed by a police officer while in his getaway vehicle, closed the door on his arm and dragged the officer quite a ways to the parking lot. Uh, after repeated requests to stop, and he didn't, uh, the man was shot in the arm. Oh. oh. Now, wow. I, I want to, I don't know if you've been able to sort this out uh, in these, but what I find most interesting about almost all of these for, for Stab Watch is what the prize was. Do we know what this yeah, what guy was, was, what was he getting? Unfortunately, half of these aren't really particular I know they as don't, to the prize. They don't say because they just focus on the people behaving badly, but like... Yeah. I like to know about like this guy nearly ran over this old woman and he did it for a, a 20 inch Vizio. OK, television. well, all right. I, I got you. I got you. So an attempted robbery of a man carrying a new TV that he bought. Uh, he was carrying it from his car to his apartment and he was attacked by two men, which resulted in him being shot twice in the leg. And the two attackers uh, got away. Of course, they didn't get the TV because there was, you know, the whole fight and the shooting and everything. Even if they did get the TV, I think it would be like the end of like uh, Double Dragon where they'd have to fight each other afterwards to see. <laughs> to see, you know, you get you get all the way to the end. It's like, well, we rescued the TV. Now, now. Right. <laughs> to kill each other. Uh, this one actually doesn't have a prize either because the prize actually we know what the prize is it was parking space but i still like it for some reason because in virginia there was a 61 and 35 year old they were both arrested because they were fighting uh, in front of a walmart over parking space the 61 year old threatened the 35 year old with a gun and then cut his arm quote down to the bone oh <laughs> wow yeah fear I mean, a parking space is, is easily the cheapest of all the prizes. Right. <laughs> you just wait two minutes and you have one. It makes it even worse. I, I don't understand. See, it. but you don't know what kind of deals he was missing inside. That's the problem. I guess. It's true. It may have been five minutes to nine. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a little bit of surprise news that you guys don't know about because I didn't okay. know about it until literally 20 minutes before we started. That sounds good. So here it, here it goes. Uh, some say that 2013 is the year of Luigi. And now as the year is coming to a close, Luigi has left us. Canadian actor Danny Wells, who played Luigi on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, died last month. Hmm. Uh, the sad thing is we didn't know about this until now because of an obituary somebody saw only just recently in the Montreal Gazette. Uh, his partner on the show who played Mario died in 2009, which means the Mario Brothers are both now dead. <laughs> and uh, we all here at Enemy Slime swing our arms in mourning from side to side. So I, you say you're saying that we can't get them for the Christmas special? <laughs> probably not. Although it would be great because their colors match. What was his name again? His name is Danny Wells, but that's not his real name. Oh, okay. Because I guess he's not very Wells right now. All right, I, I try. We, we need we need some work on our sensitivity here at Enemy Slime. As I know well. we're, we're laughing about every single attack and death. <laughs> I'm not. I I want to be clear. I'm not laughing at the at the horrible things that are transpiring in Stab. Well, it's it's funny because it's no, so absurd. No, you're really crying on the inside. That's well, what's going on. I'm I'm shocked. Like every year, I feel like we kind of outdo ourselves. <laughs> it's just funny to me because it's like absurd what these people do. It's like if somebody was like, "Yeah, some guy climbed through the window and raped me with a chair," I'd be like, "That's just funny because it's like who the fuck would do that?" It's not funny <laughs> that you got raped with a chair. If you if you look at a lot of these, it's not it's not you usually most of the time with these kind of incidents, 
there's one side that is is less guilty, but also still is an agitator. Like it's different for the Grand Theft Auto stabbings because then they just want Grand Theft Auto. Right. But this is this is something where everybody is participating in this clusterfuck. And so, oh, like, it's like that movie that came out this year. Yeah, Gladiator. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, wait, what movie? Uh, there's some there's some horror movie, you know, where it's like one day a year, everyone gets to just kill every, everyone and do whatever. It's like a utopian society. Forget the name of it. I've never heard oh, of that. Yeah, it looked awful. <laughs> the Purge. <laughs> the Purge, that was it. I've never heard of that. Well, don't. <laughs> well, but, you, you um, just did. Well, the we'll purge is basically Black Friday. That's what it is. If you if you yeah. watch, it, like like people get all bent out of shape about Black Friday and all oh, people are getting hurt and stuff. And but if you watch the video footage of of people behaving like shit on Black Friday, if you really look at it carefully, like a lot of them are smiling while they do it. Like they're they're there. They're not even really there for the deal. They're just there because they like it. Like. Yeah, they're there for the sport. That's a, exactly what the purge is. It's a chance to go out and get up in someone's face and be like, what, you think you get this plasma TV that was decommissioned last year? No way, gee, I'm going to take it. And then, you know. These potato chips are on clearance, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, if anyway. you listening at home don't live in America and you have some kind of similar tradition that will make us as Americans feel better about ourselves... Please write to us at contact at enemy slime and just let us yeah. know. We need to know because we're just we're very self conscious right now. It makes okay. us feel pretty down. Oh hey, it might be you know what it might be? It might be May Day. That's a day. <laughs> By sales. definition, yes it is. Do they have sales on May Day? Oh no, they just dance around in circles. Never mind. Well <laughs> nobody's gonna get stabbed in that way. I tried. Do <laughs> do we want to start the recording over? <laughs> That's a horseshit suggestion, and I'm going to pretend you didn't make it. Yeah, no, no. This has always been raw. No, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kickstart. We're not gonna restart. We're gonna kickstart this and and talk about games. There you go. Games, as in a two part sort of thing, because we want to do a two parter about just sort of wrapping up the year and saying, well, this is what we loved from the last generation, and this is what well, we didn't love about the, the last end? generation. Somebody might die at the end. You might die, because, most likely. Uh, that, well, come on, that's so obvious, the black guy dying. Right. Well, I mean, I'm also talking about the terminally like sick guy dying, so it's not that um, It's not maybe. that crazy. It'll, it'll throw everybody off if you don't die first, though. So let's just see what happens, and you know, maybe we can kind of twist some stuff out. So I think what we'll do, because because we're always so negative, uh, <laughs> a bit negative, a tiny bit, um, I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll stick with the positive stuff this week. So this week, I want to take some time and maybe just discuss what in this generation you, you liked. And that could be a game, that could be a trend, uh, that could be, like, like we had talked about, I, I, most of the trends I have are negative trends, unfortunately. Um, mm. but like, so, so microtransactions, I feel like that's something that really kind of evolved and was created this generation. Well, we're, DLC, yeah. But we're, are, are we, are we jumping straight into that or are we going to talk games first? Is there, is there a game that, that you want to discuss? Or I, I think for the most part, aside from maybe Zelda, I think none of us really played anything. I've been playing fantasy game where you get your little sword and your shield and 
all sorts of inventory items and then maybe go through a couple of dungeons and get some loot and fight some bosses. And this game is a really good game called Skyrim. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I was going to ask yeah. if you wear a pointy hat, but I guess you do. You can. You can you you have that option. Yeah. Well, as it just so happens, Skyrim was released on the last generation, so why don't was, you tell us what you like about it? <laughs> yeah, your favorite your favorite memories of the generation just are a little more recent than are just a little more recent. No, I had I, I have fonder I have fonder memories. I think Jarrett might be a little displeased that I've been ignoring. Well, not ignoring because I've been playing my DS too, but I've been uh I've been ignoring it for Skyrim a little bit. But no, I've been playing Zelda: Link Between Worlds, and that's been good times as well. Well, I highly was, recommend it. It was mostly just a comment, and, and I'm 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 only I'm only playing, but I just find it kind of funny that like that's what's enchanting you right now is <laughs> Skyrim. Well, it, it enchanted me before when it came out. What was it? Two years ago now. Well, and yeah. you just you nailed it right there. <laughs> like, dude, it came out. You know, I, I I played it two years ago. I got two hundred hours in. I go I go back every now and then to keep playing it. It's like you know, there you go. It's endless quests. Do whatever the fuck you want. It's a good good open mechanic. I think I think if we're going to talk about like my favorite games in the last generation or ever or whatever, it's the games that I can log the most hours in, and those aren't always the best games, but it's like at least I can keep playing this and you know, I'm getting the most mileage out of my money for it. The mm-hmm. investment feels really strong with Skyrim. Like I can I, I, I can empathize a little bit because I can still go back and even play Skyrim today. Except one problem is I married um uh, who's that chick that wants the horn? Yasolda. Oh, um Yasolda, yeah. <laughs> Yasolda, Every, everyone whatever. married Yasolda, yeah. Yeah. Well it was low hanging fruit. She was there she was pretty pretty hot by Skyrim standards. <laughs> she, she's, she, she is pretty hot by Skyrim standards. Skyrim yeah. Fox. So I married her, and then later on I downloaded Hearthfire, and so I let her move into my house, and I ran in, I, I created a glitch of some kind. I don't really know how I did it, but now she walks backwards everywhere. <laughs> and, so uh, your wife, so you just blame it on some medieval disease. Say, you know, she contracted this thing that we have no vaccine for yet, and that's her problem. She's got the yeah. walkie-backies. Huh? <laughs> I, I, I guess, I guess for me, I don't. I, why did I get back into it? I'm not. I'm not. Oh, you know what fucking happened? You know, you know why I started playing again? It was uh, South Park. That was the reason. <laughs> South Park really? is doing their, their, they're like, they're like Black Friday three-parter, and it's basically a parody of Game of Thrones. That's what's going on. I'm like, oh yeah, it's pretty neat. So. I started, you know, I, I did that. I got into the um, the Elder Scrolls beta as well, the Elder Scrolls Online beta, which also got the bug itching or whatever the fuck the term is that I can't find in my head. And I went back and started playing it. And our little our little Argentine friend who occasionally dedicates to the website and will be here for the Christmas special, he tells me, you know, oh, you need to download this mod and this mod and this mod. I'm like, oh, I don't really fuck with mods. And I started installing them, and I've been installing them ever since and just playing it for fucking week now in between going crazy with real life stuff it's a good way to relax well you know the good thing about the the good way to install mods especially if you're like me and you're like fuck mods i don't like mods is you find really like high quality ones that they complement the vanilla without being like oh this just overhauls everything and makes it so that you shoot machine guns and yeah and that's and that's exactly what i did i just got the ones that kind of complement it so it looks a lot better now it runs a lot better now 
you know, I will admit that he gave me one 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 mod to adjust lady attire in that game. Um, that <laughs> Would that be to to sort of subtract the attire? Oh, no, no, that's it. To, might it might it might subtract it. a little attire. Someone might have ended up with a dragon bone thong in that game. Um, That'd be so uncomfortable. I, you know, <laughs> as if as if the entire podcast hasn't been so uncomfortable, right? <laughs> <laughs> This is this is definitely uh, definitely a low point in the Enemy Slime podcast. Well, we're we're but, doing uh, the best we can, considering Luigi's dead. You know, <laughs> you know what's you know what's really stupid is I I uh, played Skyrim on the Xbox, so I didn't get to mess around with mods too much. But I had Oblivion on the PC for whatever reason, and you know what mod I I really loved, which this is dumb. It was just a mod that made the windows in houses turn on at night, like they lit up. Yeah, well, that's neat. Mm. That's it's, neat. Instead of instead of just this dead city with no lights. But I think well, that's better. I think I think it's better just to like enhance the ambience a little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about things that we liked this generation, I mean, I liked Oblivion. It wasn't a bad game, but it was kind of just a kind of at a weird in between point where, like, when you played uh, Morrowind, you know, it didn't feel entirely alive either but it was old technology and then you get to oblivion and it's kind of like the uncanny valley where you get so close to being right there that it's just weird and everybody kind of looked like you know doe monsters so (laughs) you know (laughs) you know you know now that you mentioned oblivion i think this is the first generation where i really started um, man this generation's been going on for a while then this is the first generation where i really started messing with uh western rpgs just period it's a because it's the same one where I played oh, yeah. um, Fallout I, Three. I think this yeah, is this is really where where Western RPGs and, and that would that would probably be one of the biggest things that I'd mention uh, as far as stuff that I like this generation is I feel like JRPGs like even on the PlayStation Two Japanese RPGs were really strong and really dominant and, and I think that that is almost completely reversed now to the point where yeah. nobody's looking forward to the next final. I, I mean, you know, people are, but. Uh, how can you how can you say that I Lightning Returns is going to compete with Skyrim? Well, you Lightning, know that, right? Yeah, no, I do know that, and uh, I, <laughs> I'm interested to see how all that works out. But but I think that I'm sure it'll be just like it. I think that right now, at this exact moment, people are way more stoked for the next Bethesda game uh, than they are for the next Square Enix game, which yeah. which yeah. ten yeah. years ago would have been mind-boggling well 10 years ago nobody knew who bethesda was well that helped too that's true no you're completely right about that um has there been a really good jrpg for this generation Mm, xenoblade is probably it's the one that i enjoyed the most but it's funny because i I liked it the most because it incorporated western mechanics (laughs) i I think fast travel points and you know yeah i think the only thing that bothered me about uh xenoblade is it it felt like it was supposed to be an online game and it wasn't yeah so that whole disconnect there I, but I, I did like it i like the characters you know they did they did some interesting stuff with the system i think it's less J, i mean it's still jrpg but um yeah. more strategy but fire emblem obviously comes to mind but that's so recent i'm trying to think of something older fire emblem awakening is a great game though i think that counts it's still yeah you know. I, I own a lot of the JRPGs that came out this year, but or this this generation. But so like I, I had the 360 early on, so I have like Last Remnant and Infinite Undiscovery, and um, 
Uh, Lost Odyssey is one that I think people hold in pretty high regard that I don't really remember very fondly. All the Final Fantasies have been not good. Yeah, I I actually stopped touching it basically entirely. I think the only thing Final Fantasy I did this generation was a beta for the uh, the MMO that they released. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a 13-2 apologist. Um, a little Are bit. You? A little I bit. Play, I did play the demo for you that, but sick I, I monster. Didn't I really, with the game. I really like the battle system in thirteen, and it's such a shame that like they saved all the good stuff in it for for like the last two hours of the game. Like when you when you actually get to the parts of the game where it's hard, it's a lot of fun. But everything leading up to like Grand Pulse is just a nightmare. It just sucks. And See, so I, I don't, thirteen I two I, kind of fixed that a little bit. I, I don't want to be too complainy since it's supposed to be our good nostalgic podcast, but God um, damn it, I'm already screwed I, it up. <laughs> I think I think I think with Final Fantasy, the, what strikes me about the Final Fantasy 13 series is it strikes me that they keep reaching to be all these other video games, and they're not all these other video games. It's like in in two, it seemed like they were trying to take a lot of elements from other stuff, even some of their previous stuff. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but here you have like the monster catching element and yep. the time traveling element and then in 13.3 um, in Lightning Returns, whatever the fuck they're calling it, they're talking about, oh, we want to be like Skyrim. And then you look at the gameplay and it's like, well, you got that from Assassin's Creed and all this bullshit. It's like, <laughs> just be Final Fantasy. Don't be all this other shit. 13.2 was kind of like 13 with like Pokemon and uh, and Chrono Trigger. Like yeah, stirred, yeah, exactly, stirred into it a little exactly. bit. There's some obvious uh, kind of connections there. Well, uh, you know, just kind of as an aside, um, you know, I think, Everybody here, except maybe Jason, I'm not sure. We all grew up playing quite a few of the uh, JRPGs like Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy and whatnot, right? Well, uh, I played... I've never been interested in Final Fantasy in general, although for some Mm -hmm. reason, the one Final Fantasy I did play and I played a lot of was Mystic Quest. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I just I enjoyed it for some reason. I mean, I, I as a kid, I, probably, I enjoyed that one quite a bit too. I, I, don't, I, mean. I probably wouldn't enjoy it now, but and then of course the other JRPGs. Yeah, I played Chrono Trigger, and I thought that was mm. great, but I didn't think like any oh. Final Fantasy could equal up to it after I played it, so I was spoiled. You know, I know we all kind of grew up on that, but you know, a couple months ago, or up until a couple months ago, I really hadn't played a JRPG for a long time, and then I played Etrian Odyssey, which you know is a it was an okay game, but really made me feel nostalgic for that style of, uh, you know, Chrono Trigger or even Earthbound or something like that. And it's a shame <laughs> that there's just no, you can't get that kind of game anymore because the JRPGs no. have gone off in a totally different direction and Western RPGs are doing their own thing and there's that type of game just isn't out there. Well, I feel, I feel like, see, I, th- I think the unfortunate thing is like we all kind of seem to love Chrono Trigger and yeah. Um, if you've ever gone back to play it recently, especially in the wake of the Western RPGs, it's a lot more linear than you would think it was. Well, I mean, yeah, I remember, I remember the first time I played it, kind of blew my mind with the time travel and oh, you do this and it changes this and all that kind of stuff. And uh, there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with going back and finding that, but it's like a little bit of a of a downer moment. Like oh, this is this is more restrictive than I thought. <laughs> I played it like last year. I really, I mean, you have to keep in mind at the time it was way more open ended than almost any yeah. type of game. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it definitely was. Endings. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it's definitely one of the most open-ended games that was out for its time. I it's, agree with that. It's pretty good. I mean, it's too bad it's on the Super Nintendo. Oh, you can get it for the 3DS. They just never fucking yeah. advertised it for the DS. All right, fine. You found a way. Continue. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't want games to go back to just going down that box canyon one path. But 
Well, I, I, I think, I think the JRPGs that are worth any note are just, uh, they're like the MMOs that are worth any note. They're, they're just trying to find different things to do nowadays. So, um, they're still somewhat linear and they still somewhat have the one or two paths or whatever. But I, I think I've seen, I guess, I guess I, I haven't seen a mind blowing offering, um, this generation, which is unfortunate, um, yeah. but would we, would we qualify Dark Souls as a JRPG? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's Japanese and it's an RPG, it but it doesn't really fit into that, that scope that you're thinking of. Well, that. the way I feel about JRPGs, if like the way you want to categorize them is if you only want to categorize them as like this sort of kawaii, like it looks like an anime. I think that's almost unfair because mm -hmm. I, I would, if yeah. we're categorizing it properly and saying, okay, it's an RPG and it's Japanese. And I'd say, okay, yeah, Dark Souls is a JRPG. And in that sense, yeah, it beats all the other JRPGs I've played this for the past several years. Well, yeah, and, and by that, by that theory, I, I actually think, um, I think Atlas has uh, done a really good job of kind of keeping that, that retro uh, JRPG mm. spirit alive. I mean, Etrian Odyssey, I, that was an At Atlas release, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, Persona uh, in the form of Persona 4 uh, would, would be a pretty good example. I, I guess Golden, if yeah. you want to force it into this generation. Yeah, Golden kind of counts, sort of. Um, what about, uh, there's also, um, this is, we're starting to really exit out of what is really a JRPG, but um, Catherine. Is. Catherine, well, Catherine's definitely not an RPG, but Catherine, I think, was one of the best games I played for this generation. Yeah, um, I never did get around to that one. I really should. I've, I've got it. I can, I can loan it out to you. Yeah, yeah I think, I think, I think, it, I think it's definitely awesome. I think Catherine. See, the, I mean, that whole team is really good at kind of their storytelling and their human interest stuff and all that kind of thing. So I think Catherine had one of the best stories, but it was also one of the most challenging games I played. And I forget what I did, and I think I played it on normal, and it was still, it was still difficult. Oh so, oh oh shit! I almost um there Nino Cooney. Did anybody here play that? Oh Nino Cooney, of course. I didn't try that one. It's no. it's actually really good. Uh, yeah. I, I think as far if you want to talk like traditional JRPG with maybe a couple new modern elements tossed in, like mm -hmm. Nino Cooney's it. Like that is the oh, best yeah. example that I think we probably had maybe this whole generation of how alive and well that model can still be. Yeah, Nino um, Cooney was was really good. I, I'm I'm going to mention one um, that I don't think anyone else has played, and it's still a JRPG, but it's more in the kind of strategy category, and that was uh, Disgaea Four. I don't and think I did play has, that. Yeah, has has anyone else played like any of the other Disgaeas at all? My or any, uh, uh, my best friend has always he's always kept up on the series, and he always he always likes to tell me about all the funny, strange, like slapstick shit that goes on in that game, like all the 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 weapon descriptions like you look at like a bastard sword and it's like he sure is a jerk I, <laughs> like, that, that's that's <laughs> i i guess that, nice. that's that's kind of that, yeah that's that's kind of what the game's about I, I i imagine that would be tedious coming uh second hand but when you play it in game <laughs> it's it's got a good it's got a good uh, sense of humor and if you play any nippon ichi game they're all basically the same in each uh i think what i at least appreciated about this game four is that they did at least bother creating brand new assets for the game which um you know the japanese don't seem to be too concerned with is creating assets so to see to see a game that's actually in hd and with all these like 2d characters and all that was a lot of fun and um you know it's not it's not, it's not one of those games that you can play it for a couple of stages and you'll be fine 
and you get to one stage that's kind of mind-boggling it's like how the fuck do i figure this out but i think this game four stands up there i think um tales of graces f is I, I mean i think there's some consistent jrpgs that have like consistent good quality to them uh tales of Vesperia as well that was this generation yeah that's, those are actually all pretty good choices the tales yeah. the tales series has kept things pretty alive and well yeah yeah i mean i think my favorite tales was from um the playstation 2 era that was abyss but no well, we can stretch it to this one because they did a 3ds release for tales of the abyss i was gonna say i've got that on the 3ds yeah so so there you go so, so any, anything non-rpg maybe we, we talked a lot about jrpgs and and some of the successes uh, and, but we started that conversation because we'd moved into western rpgs and how badly they'd been kicking their ass so <laughs> yeah. so l- l- why don't we go back to that for a second what would be your top western rpgs for the um for this gen probably you know and even though it turned out to be a massive disappointment with a lot of problems mass effect really i mean it, it kind of reignited my love with just game rpgs in general I, I can get behind that for we're never I don't think any of us are ever going to agree on Mass Effect. But I, I think two is so close to like a perfect game for me. Like it's well paced. It mm. has it has that open like Chrono Trigger piece that you guys are talking about where like I can kind of do things in pretty much whatever order I want. I, I don't know. The characters are great. The DLC is all perfect. Like all the DLC for uh, Mass Effect 2 is is spot on. It doesn't it didn't take anything away from the game by being removed, but it added a whole bunch by being put by by you buying it and adding it back in. I will say I think Lair of the Shadow Broker is probably the first piece of game DLC that I ever thought was worth having and it was like not even just at the cutoff line, it was far and above That's what I want from DLC that I'm paying for. See and um really? did you See. did you play Citadel in Mass Effect 3? And after I played through Mass Effect Three, I just really you you really <laughs> you really should go back and check out Citadel because they got a lot of the old um, like I, I suspect at least that they got some old writers back on staff to kind of focus on it because it is just like one giant love letter to the characters and it's kind of tongue in cheek and like funny. Say, is that the one where you're like hanging out? Oh, I, I the universe is blowing up that. all around you. Yeah, yeah, it's basically like like you're on shore leave in the Citadel. And uh, and stuff goes wrong, but it's just such a good like completely disconnected from the main storyline. It's just like a little action caper with all these characters that you really like. And it's it's uh, it's definitely and, and that's the thing is Mass Effect 3 carried on a tradition of what I felt like was pretty substantial, pretty decent DLC. But the problem is, is that all that DLC, at least at least three of them take away from the main campaign and like without them, the ending doesn't make nearly as much sense. Um, if you play that game without Leviathan, like that that piece of DLC can make a huge difference with how you perceive uh, Mass Effect Three. Um, so I have I have something to kind of admit here. It's um, I remember when Mass Effect Three came out. I was um, as I usually am. I was I was too broken, too starving college student to buy it. So I didn't. I never got to finish the trilogy. You're uh, all right. <laughs> And I actually never played the Witcher titles. Uh, one is actually, I, w- I would say one is worth skipping. Like, you, you don't really need it to play two. It helps, but it's not <laughs> It's not super. Like, it, it's, it's not a great game. The voice acting is really bad because they didn't have enough money for localization yet. And it, this is unique to me, of course. And this is one of my issues sometimes with PC games. Uh, the Witcher... 
uh, I grabbed it on Steam and I played through and I got to the last level, like the last kind of mission piece. And it just it just crashes every time. Like the game's oh, oh. game's fully patched, unmodded. It's Windows 7, the most standard system that I could think of to put it on. And uh, it just crashes no matter what I do. So I never actually beat oh. the game. So maybe I can't comment that much on it. I I, I got I got to get a note for it. So that reminds me of two things. So so you're talking about this game that always fucking crashed on you. I did play an RPG like that, a JRPG like that, where you get to the final boss and I looked it up online, and 50 percent of the the time the game is guaranteed to crash. You know, but that does remind me of another. Wait, what game is it? This is Artsenelical. Have you ever heard of that one? No. Nah. Artsenelical is another little. It's by I think the developer is called Gust, but uh, Atlas is good at at delivering Artsenelical. Artanelico, and um, I think Gust also does the Altair uh, Alchemist series. And Artanelico, I swear to God, I played this game, and it's just one long reference for anal sex. That's what the game is. Well, sure. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) It makes more sense if I explain it. Basically, uh, in order to do magic, quote-unquote magic, you know, the guy has to uh, get the trust of these ladies up and and dive into their brains and fix their childhood problems and all this shit. But at every fucking corner, they made sure every reference towards magic was a reference towards sex in the game, and specifically anal sex. Like, don't be too fast with it. Be be, be gentle when you put it in, etc. But let's move on. So you're talking about yes, DLC, and, and you're saying <laughs> you're saying the only DLC that you ever found worthwhile was uh, the the Mass Effect DLC. Well, but... no, that was the first time that i thought oh, the first DLC time. was okay. worth the investment because right. before that i mean you had your uh, oblivion horse armor or you could pay like ten dollars for a new level that was no good but yeah I, I, I that was i was before my time but um um fallout 3 the pit and point lookout oh oh yeah um point lookout and um there's still more in fallout 3 isn't there what, what else is there um broken steel which actually was what turned me off of fallout 3 uh DLC, but see, I didn't do Broken Steel. What was wrong uh, with Broken Steel? Well, it was a lot of money for basically just one long hallway of killing enemies. It really, I mean, I don't play Fallout for its awesome combat. I play it for the same reason I play Mass Effect or Dragon Age. I like to go in there and make choices and screw up people's lives. It's funny. See, I think I think J, I think the good difference between this, I think JRPGs. Uh, they give you the set pieces. It's like mm-hmm. here, here, here. We're gonna blow your mind with this thing, this really awesome kind of Japanesey nonsensical thing where Mars is gonna blow up the moon or whatever is gonna happen, and you're just supposed to sit there and watch it like it's basically a movie. And then I think in Western RPGs, it's the set pieces that you create yourself. So mm-hmm. when people lose control in Mass Effect Three, they don't like that because that's not the game they played. But you know, when I think about Fallout Three. Or when I think about Skyrim, it's like the most awesome moments are definitely the ones of my design. Like in Fallout 3, when I was fighting in the pit, say what you will about the storyline of the pit or whatever. But I loved it so much that they had basically taken away all my gear, my weapons, my armor. And I had to slowly kill my way um, up to the top of Pittsburgh, whatever it was, and and get new weapons, and get new armor and all that. And by the time I had gotten to the top of that thing, I was like, yeah, I, I'm like the master of this fucking place now bow down to me so i i I think when you talk about that i think i think the more memorable stuff you know in terms of western rpgs is the stuff that i get to create myself well i will say new vegas has some of the best dlc content that you could uh that's that's where i was gonna go from there is i actually think new vegas has better uh dlc than than fallout 3 does i think that 
either way, and, and Skyrim uh, did pretty good, like Dawn Guard and um, shit. What's the other one? Uh, Dragonborn, and which yeah. I, I ended up like I remember I, I dragged on with Dragonborn for a little bit, but um, the final boss battle definitely made it worth it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, like uh, I, I think Bethesda has has pretty much got the shit on lockdown like i think they know what they're doing they always deliver enough content that it feels like it was fair but not not so much that you know it's overbearing or anything like that but Mm -hmm. i i think i think i think what blew my mind about fallout 3 like like now now i'm at skyrim and i've got a dragonborn and dawn guard and but uh with fallout 3 i think the first one was point lookout and what blew my mind about that was just it was like so big it was basically what was it something like a quarter or a third of the real world map well, the first uh, the first Fallout uh, DLC was actually Operation Anchorage. Um, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Point, Point Lookout was actually, I think, one of the last ones. It was it was right around the time because um, there was I, I I think I've got all these. There's there's the Pit. There's Broken Steel. There's Point Anchorage. There's the Alien one. Um, right. Mothership. Yeah, Mothership Zeta. That's what it's called. And Man, so much fucking DLC for that. See. One. One. Operation Anchorage, <laughs> The Pit, Broken Steel, Point Lookout, Mothership Zeta, and that's it. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. See, that's a good amount of support. And then, so when I go over to Tomb Raider, which I also think is another good game, and then see they're not going to do any storyline DLC, I'm like, what the fuck? But like, um, Old World Blues in New Vegas is pretty fantastic. Like, if you that's that one's funny. What the? What was the last one? Uh, Lonesome Road. Lonesome Road. That one is probably the best one in the whole New Vegas package. Did you, Jer- you didn't play that one, Jerry? I actually skipped that one. Oh, you should go back and try it out. Like we have time for that, but because you know how, like the whole way through New Vegas, they're talking about things that never happened. Like you know, you have the right. burned man, and he turns out to be an expansion. And it really, like, you get to Lonesome Road, and it ties together so many things that you didn't really think we're a big part of the story and it's really quite a satisfying end to the courier story it's pretty sweet i'll have to i'll have to check it out because i i liked it enough that it, it would probably be worth going back there um, I, I, had, I had to skip the new vegas dlc but maybe one day i'll take a look i think we i think we probably have spent too long on on western yeah. rpgs and <laughs> i want rpgs in general and i like want to talk about the series more next week but i because next week is much more applicable but i do have to give a nod also to dragon age uh, the first one, definitely, because that's yeah, a great. The, the first Dragon Age, I think, was definitely what what locked me into Western RPGs. I had tried, I had played Mass Effect, and I had played uh, Fallout Three before that. But the first Dragon Age, I was like, I'm set. I'm dedicated to this genre now. I mean, it's got its problems too. But I, when I look back at all the uh, Western RPGs of this generation, just how open ended and like how many ways you can affect the story is really. I mean, I think it does it better than anything else that's come out, and it really does a good job. You know, with Dragon Age, before I settled on my character, I had to play every origin in every yeah. conceivable way just to see what would happen. Yeah, same here. Man, God, I, I, t- I totally forgot that that was in the game. Like, I, I, <laughs> It's kind of the title, but I didn't even think about that. I I went back and, and did all of them, too. And uh, I can't remember which one I landed on. But They were it, all pretty good. Anyway, that's that's enough RPGs. Yeah, yeah we spent, I wanna, we spent- Forever on one genre. So I want to talk about what I think Jason probably wants to talk about. And what's that? Which is, I'm just guessing, motherfucking Nintendo. <laughs> well, it's not necessarily what the only thing I want to talk about. It's just, well, sure, sure. You know, this last generation, I, I, for a time, I had a decent paying job and 
what basically happened was I, I got a Wii. I got, I, I was in line for it at like midnight and I was able to actually get one at launch, which was the first time I was ever able to get a console at launch. And then for several months after that, I was just in a Wii buying frenzy and, you know, I have like 30 Wii games. So that's pretty much everything that I did for this generation, uh, except for PC. So, well, and I mean, PC games still count. Like I'm yeah. sure that you, uh, it's hard to define what a generation is without just going to like ports. Right. It is, it yeah. is, uh, yeah. it, it is tricky, but at the <laughs> same time, I, I think that the consoles are, are pretty good marking points because you know, everybody, when the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One were announced, everybody, uh, the PC game community is like, ah, who cares? We already got it. But I mean, <laughs> as we've kind of discussed before, like because so many PC games are, are console ports, new hardware is always a, a good thing because it means that your games aren't being hamstringed to to fit them onto less powerful, less able uh, systems. And yeah. so I, I think that you... You don't see as much of a leap between generations, but I think the leap is still there. I think that jump still exists. And actually, I think I think it's a lot more common to see. Well, maybe not a lot more, but get becoming more common to see some some ports on PC that maybe didn't exist before, um, like Japanese games, for example. Like the idea of Dark Souls being on the PC was pretty foreign, and now it's pretty standard. But uh, I'm, I'm deviating here because I, I, I do think that despite the rut that Nintendo has kind of found themselves in right now, I, I do think that they had a pretty amazing last eight years. You have to look at the Wii Remote regardless of whether you think the Wii Remote was a success or a failure <laughs> because you cannot dismiss the person who walked out onto the dance floor and started dancing when everyone else was just sitting there with their with their very... Uh, normal controllers that haven't changed in like 20 years and said, okay, I'm going to do this thing and I don't care if I look stupid doing it. I'll just try it and see if it works. And I think although it wasn't necessarily like instrumental, it was certainly forcing the conversation to turn to motion controls, which then turns it to things like, you know, can we make a connect or maybe can we have an Oculus Rift and things like that? Uh, Mm -hmm. Granted, I think something like an Oculus Rift was going to happen regardless, but I think Nintendo was very almost premature to say, well, here's a motion control device. And they're like, now we're going to push to do this as fast as possible so that we can get motion controls faster than we would have if we just said, yeah, I'm fine with just a controller. I I think that, uh, and you mentioned the Kinect, and I think the Kinect is kind of a great example of something where and I, I feel like this is uh, motion controls is probably something that I can also save for next week for the most part, except for the fact that I feel like they've implanted a lot of ideas that we're starting to see paying off now. Like mm, the, yeah. the the first connect, not good. Like any game that is connect only is is barely functional, doesn't work well. But now with the Xbox One, it's it's evolved and it's going further, and I I think eventually it's going to be a pretty you know stellar piece of hardware. Maybe not even with this iteration, but I don't think Microsoft's going to drop it. I think you're going to see probably at least one more Kinect release that'll be pretty goddamn cool. So I want to since we're talking about this, I want to say so, especially something I want to get on the Nintendo. Um, I was thinking about it because I knew we would talk about the Wii when we came in here and I was thinking about the Wii and I knew I wasn't impressed with it as a piece of hardware. I think at the end of each generation, I just look at whichever system 
has the better library for me. And that would have been the PlayStation 3 for this generation. But I, I and, and the exclusives as well. Like, I think, I think, I think if we're going to talk about my favorite games, Infamous 2, I think was one of the most well done games I've ever seen. But as far as the Wii hardware goes, I will say I wasn't that impressed. I, I will say I, there weren't a, a whole lot of games I was able to buy for it over the years. Uh, there were a couple that I really loved, like No More Heroes and No More Heroes 2. But for all of that, for everything that Nintendo has done with the DS and the 3DS after it, I think I've seen some really impressive stuff. And I think it, as you know, I think if I were to declare a second system, I would have to include the Nintendo portables in that as kind of winners of the generation. Like, like I just played <laughs> Zelda. And I'm amazed with the kind of stuff that they've done with 3D in this game. And oh, yeah. it no longer strikes me as just, oh, yeah, here's an extra little toy that we threw on or something unneeded that we didn't need. It's, this is the first time I'm saying, yeah, the 3D was a good good call for the system. Yeah, I think that uh, I think both the Wii and the 3DS had had pretty fabulous runs. I mean, the Wii stuff gets lost in the shuffle because the Wii had just so much garbage. And that's the problem with motion controls is, like I said, I feel like they're they're bright, shiny diamonds on buried on a beach of shit. Like, it's just, there's there's <laughs> well, so much garbage and so much nonsense. And it always feels like with Nintendo consoles in particular, the only people who can figure out how to use the, the hooks, the gimmicks, the 3D, the motion controls, uh, the gamepad with the Wii U, the only people who can ever seem to figure out how to use it are Nintendo themselves. For, yeah for the most part. And I think that's probably their biggest failing is they seed out all these, you know, really boundary pushing ideas. And I feel like nobody else is really prepared to push those boundaries with them. And so Nintendo will put out this amazing game that has motion control in it, but then call of duty three. We'll see this. That's what I'm talking about. Those they're like, say what you want about whether or not like the the first generation Wii Remote before we got the the Wii Remote Plus dongle, and then of course before it just got fused into one thing, I would almost consider that a failure. The failure to include the the, the gyroscope that would have allowed, you know, for it to understand extremely complex motions that was not added until much later. But at the same time, we got kind of a taste of what it could be like to play games a little bit differently even though maybe it didn't work and that's that's nintendo's role is to always be sort of the martyr to say well i'm sick of the same thing so i'm going to try this i'll I'll shoot myself in the foot (laughs) but then what happens is everybody follows suit eventually and everyone says well you know what what nintendo did kind of sucked but they gave us this cool idea now maybe we can start doing it better and then eventually nintendo sometimes does it better themselves like you know, they, they added the, the Wii Motion Plus and then certain games played really well with it, like Red Steel 2, which I didn't think was a great game, but the controls for it were pretty much perfect and mm-hmm. really utilized the one-to-one motion yes. and everything. Well, I think I think this is what I, come, why I keep coming back to um, No More Heroes for that system because I do think, like, like Studio 51 is, like, one of these guys who make shit that, I guess if any other company did it, they would go bankrupt. But with No More Heroes and with No More Heroes 2, the boss battles made such great use of the Wiimote and the Nunchuck. And they were really hard, but they weren't hard because of the weird control setup of the Wii. They were hard because they were just traditionally hard boss battles. Um, and I think that that's like one of the few times I can think of a third-party example where they actually made good use of Nintendo's hardware. Yeah. I mean, Red Steel 2 was also third-party. And uh, another game I would bring up, although 
<clears throat> I wouldn't blame anybody if they didn't play it because uh, just eyesore galore was Mad World, which, you know, <laughs> cool idea to be black and white, but man, it's hard to see anything. Yeah, and Mad World was always on my to-do list and I just never never wound up getting around to it. I think my... Uh, God, what else was, was really good on the Wii? Um, I mean, obviously, the, the real good choice is Mario Galaxy uh, 2 in particular is is pretty much as perfect as a Mario game could get. Well, um, perhaps it's a minor example, but for the first couple of years the Wii was out, my opinion was that was fucking stupid. Who would want that thing? <laughs> and then a friend showed me Boom Blocks. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> Boom Blocks. And that was kind of the first time great. I was like, okay, maybe there's something to this. Yeah, I, I, I got to say all the times that I had like a just an uproarious fun time with my Wii was when I was playing with my best friend and... That's one of the games we played was we played Boom Blocks Bash Party, which was kind of like mm-hmm. Boom Blocks 2, basically. Um, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely the party system. And, and it's uh, just yeah, kind of like the most social of all three it's systems. It's like you're just sitting yeah, around that, dicking with your friend, thing. and we made like a, a panda with like a, a bunch of Kraken tentacles, and they were just whipping them around, and we were <laughs> laughing like we were retarded. And then later on, it was probably three in the morning, and we're playing New Super Mario Brothers Wii. And we're trying to play those like hidden levels at the end that are really hard. And we're just like bouncing off each other and killing each other. And I, I mean, I guess that sort of ties into the why same system co-op shouldn't go away. But I think Nintendo still gets that to a large yeah. degree. Because yeah. um, e- even the Wii U, like for, for all of its problems, when we have people over and we decide to play video games, that's what's getting busted out. I've, well, I can't even imagine why I would ever buy another PlayStation 4 controller. Oh, shit, Towerfall. Never mind. Changed my mind. <laughs> but still. Well, yeah, I, 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 like my Wii, for the duration that it was relevant, um, I kept it in my living room because I knew that's what people would want to play whenever they stop by. Uh, and I think, I think they're starting to wise up to that on their handheld as well. I think the games I've seen for the 3DS, some of them have had uh, some of the best internet connectivity I've seen. Like, I was really impressed with how they overhaul and uh, Pokemon system because it's like oh this is a sh- social game so it shouldn't be a pain in the ass to use it. Yeah, Poke- Pokemon has completely it it feels like a 180 for for Nintendo and the internet like it's it's just a complete reversal. And I I think that they're fixing that image over time. I think it's going to take a while and I think they're much more nervous than than the other two um you know in regards to kind of pushing that a little bit, but Pokemon is a definitely a sign that they're headed in the right direction. Yeah. It was, I, I think that it was a, a, a boundary-pushing piece. And like I said, I, I think it just suffers from a problem of it was, it was before its time. And I shouldn't even say that because the, the fucking thing sold more than any other system uh, than this generation. <laughs> um, but it, a lot of the concepts are just even today still probably being refined and, and even years from now will probably be refined. But I, I can't say... Uh, that when I, I I also got it on launch and I, I I can't say that I felt that same feeling that I felt when I broke that thing out and tried tennis for the first time because yeah. Nintendo has this habit of releasing stuff where they talk about it but you really can't experience it in, unless you're there so like the 3ds everybody's like it's 3D but you don't need glasses and you I can't comprehend how that's going to work. <laughs> And so I literally had to just wait until it came out to actually see it. And the Wii was kind of the same thing where like people were demoing it and talking about it. But 
you know, if you're just a regular old person, you didn't play it. And so I didn't play it until it came out. And I remember it it blew my tiny little mind while I sat there playing tennis on it. (laughs) Actually, speaking of old people, I guess the Wii really does deserve credit for kind of bringing video games into a wider audience because, you know, your grandparents play the Wii, you know. Well, uh, mine, I mean, mine, mine don't. But. We, we we gave it to my grandmother. I, I remember this pretty vividly. We gave it to my grandmother. And um, just to show you how much like people can be reconditioned, she kept trying to push the buttons like she couldn't fathom. <laughs> she could not fathom that she could just swing this remote and it would understand that she had swung it. She thought, for, <laughs> well, surely I must need to push some buttons to get it to work. <laughs> I mean, for better or for worse, you know, as much shit as... Uh... As we give the quote unquote casuals, you know, in the video game community, they basically saved uh, gaming with, you know, financially. It's like it's not it's too niche. It was too niche a sec to really start to push these boundaries and everything. That's why that's mm-hmm. why everything is so social in the new generation. It's like it's the it's the Call of Duty players and it's it's them that's that's really going to, you know, go out and buy this thing in mass numbers and all that kind of stuff. They don't they don't care about the 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 guy sitting in his apartment alone saying, <laughs> "Oh, I'm not going to buy that piece of shit." He's like I, I have a have a good PC here, but you know, so so you know, they, they, there is some credit to be given there. Oh, I don't know um, if, I don't know if Nintendo's going to come out like on the top of the mountain for the last generation, but I will say that um Unless I'm forgetting something, Mario Galaxy 2 might be, uh, I'm, I'm very hesitant to say, maybe it's the best game I played last generation. <laughs> I mean, it was a really fucking great game, Mario Galaxy 2. It's, I, it's really close I for me. Play, I couldn't play the Mario Galaxy because it gave me motion sickness. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just, a big, that's a big bummer because uh, they're, they're really good and I'm, I'm totally... If you were to put that on the top of a list, a top 10 list or something, I would not fault you uh, even even a little bit. There are some games that I like a lot more, but Nintendo, it, a lot of times it feels like a throwback. Like it, games evolve so much and like you play The Last of Us and it's emotionally draining and it feels like you just watched a movie in some parts. And um, and so it's, it's fun every now and then to go back and play a Nintendo game and just kind of be reminded of how... Mario is always happy to see you. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's a simpler setup and it's really satisfying to go back and play that cuz at least for me, you know, that's that's what I grew up on. Like that's well, it's, 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 well, it's Disney way up the sisters, but it, yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it's it's Disney without the cynicism though. It's like it's like one of those things, oh yeah, this is part of my childhood. I know exactly what I'm expecting when I go back to it. So it's like when I play Zelda and when I play Pokemon, I'm not expecting a brutally dark storyline or anything like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the fun kind of family friendly game that I was expecting. You know, it's nice to do this every now and then. It okay. feels like there's, there's there's a lot we're not talking about. I've, <laughs> well, I've, just I've, real I've quickly, a... I mean, what is everybody's favorite game of the last generation? Oh, that's actually that's a fair question. Um, yeah. J- Jason, do you have a. Oh my fucking Christ. You, you generally don't want to ask this to a PC gamer because now you're asking me to basically just roll a dex back like however many years it's been since these consoles came out and try well, to It's been a long generation. It's been really long. I mean, so within uh, the last within the last few years, what's what's your favorite yeah. game? It's okay if it's a PC the, game, I would still qualify yeah. it as yeah, being part yeah, of the Yeah, definitely. Generation. I mean, unless I'm, it's like 20 years old. It's you're not going to be be like Civ 5 and I'm be like fuck you, not last gen. <laughs> Within the last few years, I'll say that I don't know if it's like if I can quantify it as the thing that has given me the most joy or that has been the best built game. But for some reason, 
the Payday series surprised me more than anything. Mm-hmm. And usually I wouldn't go in for a game like that because it takes the idea of going on a heist and it takes away a lot of control. Like you don't get to determine what you do before the heist. You don't really get to set up much beyond choosing like what sort of deployable gear you bring and what guns you have. But it somehow manages to make heisting into like this constantly, uh, you get such pleasurable feedback from everything in that game. And the fact that it's co-op and it has a style to it that I can't quite put my finger on, but you know automatically that you're playing a payday game and not something else. And it's just a lot of fun. And I usually don't enjoy games like that where you have to play with another person in order to enjoy them. But I I play it with my best friend all the time and we still play payday two. We played payday two for like three hours earlier today. (laughs) And uh, that, that to me is the mark of a good game that you would still be, you know, playing it. And the developer is extremely good at releasing DLC. They're like Bethesda. As far as DLC, they understand, they fucking get it. Like, there's no question that they understand how to not only excite you for a DLC package that's coming up, but how to deliver as far as just giving you a huge variety of things in that DLC bundle. So I, I guess Payday is the thing that in most recent memory I would consider to be the best thing I've played. What What about you, Jay? I don't know. It's good. It's going to be a, a tough call. I, I, you know, like I said, there's so much shit we didn't mention on this one. Um, I generally loved a lot of what Valve put out this past generation in terms of uh, um, Left 4 Dead and Portal 2 and all that kind of thing. Um, I And I said, it, like, Infamous 2, I want to mention that again, just because I do think it's really close to what you would have in terms of a solid game. It's, like, not exactly the most open world, and it doesn't exactly have the best, you know, good and evil system. But in terms of just the mechanics and the story and everything coming together to create like a, just a real solid experience, I think I think Infamous Two is going to keep coming back in my mind as that. But um, I'm going to go ahead and, and and risk it and say that the hours don't lie. That I have 200 hours logged in this game, and that after two years, I'm still thinking about it and coming back to it. So I'm going to go ahead and say Skyrim. Yeah, hey, fair That's enough. Solid choice. It would be one of my next choices somewhere down the line. I mean, even for somebody like me who generally just feels meh about Bethesda games, I think Skyrim is <laughs> magnetic. Well, and it, it's definitely a game that, you know, excels on the PC, especially if you want to go back to that. Like, I'm, I am I have it on the 360, and so there's no way for me to fix my backwards-walking wife. Or to add nipples to your Argonian. <laughs> That's just going to be that way forever. Yeah, nobody's got a dragon bone thong in my world. It's just, uh, just the shit. It's unfortunate. Yeah, and see, I think that that actually uh, part of what drove me so far into PC gaming is uh, I had the Xbox 360. That was like my first real purchase in the real world as a working man in the corporate system. And I went and I got that and I played it. And um, Mass Effect 2 is actually the game that bricked it for me. And after that, I, you know, didn't do anything to repair it. I saw all the games I was buying on the 360 were on the PC anyway. So why even bother? The only thing I couldn't play again was Dead Rising, which is whatever. What about what about you, Michael? For this, my favorite for this generation is actually probably my favorite game of all time, which is funny because it's probably a game that I would never recommend to anybody and say, "Play this, you'll have a good time." I already it, know what it is. What's that? It starts with a Y. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it is. You make it. Uh, it's Yakuza Three, which came out in Japanese as Ryuga Gotoku. 
in terms of gameplay, it's not even that like spectacular of a game. It's an open world setting where you play as this gangster, this Japanese gangster, and you uh, wander around this one little part of Tokyo that's based off uh, the seedy Kabukicho area of Japan. But I don't know. There's just there's something about it. Like it came out just as I had moved to Japan, and you know, I was at that time. You know, I was going out a lot, going downtown, going to the bars, and the way the game is like this really accurate mock-up of a you know Japanese downtown area. Like you can go to the convenience store and you can buy like uh, you know real brands of tea and coffee, and you know, I go into the Seven Eleven and be like, hey, that's my brand. Or you go to restaurants that are like popular chains, and I don't know what it is, but there's just something really satisfying about being able to play a game where it's like I'm going out and then I get to also beat the bejesus out of people. Like I said, I don't think I'd recommend it to anybody who wasn't already interested because one, it got a really bad English dub or translation that is just cheesy. And they also kind of... Makes it better. Hmm? (laughs) Makes it better. Uh, You can't can't see me, but my lips are still moving after I've done talking. (laughs) Yeah, kind of like that. I mean, I, I didn't play it in English, so maybe it is funny that way. But yeah, I don't know. Just something about it. Like I go back and play that game a hundred times and still enjoy it. Hmm. I would. Um, All right, your turn. I would. I would say uh, there, there's so many good ones. I would say that I'm glad you mentioned Valve because I think that uh, this isn't my pick, but I think Portal Two is probably the objectively the best game of this generation like i could agree with that from a from uh everybody loves it if you don't like it something's wrong with you like it it's it's so good it's a it's a perfect length it doesn't overstay its welcome it has local co-op if you play it on a console and it also has the two best villains in video game history oh it is it is so juicy and so good but for what like tickles my pleasure center it it's unfortunately not it um, and as much as I love The Last of Us, uh, it, it still doesn't have this like wink and charm that Uncharted 2 has. I, mm-hmm. I fucking love Uncharted 2. Even, and Jay, you'll appreciate this, it gets kind of supernatural towards the end. <laughs> I, um, I, I know, I know. <laughs> and I, I ain't even mad. I wasn't even mad. I was like, hey, this is fine. You know what? Whatever. <laughs> Great. You know, Uncharted kind of takes a lot of flack for being a popcorn action, you know, kind of geared towards casual game or what have you or not. It really is a fun game. I mean, you really have to have a heart made out of stone to pick it up and not enjoy it to some extent. It's super fun. I don't yeah. know. I don't I don't know that many detractors from the series, but I'm sure the people who are detractors are because there's not a lot of depth to it. Like it's okay, let's shoot over here and let's shoot over there and let's have a dramatic camera angle as shit breaks behind you. But mm-hmm. it is Naughty Dog has like perfected this balance of uh cinematic flair and like me pushing just enough buttons that I feel involved that it just hits this sweet spot that is so good. Like I love uh watching all that stuff kind of unfold and I, I think that one and three are really good games too. Uh, obviously, three being a little bit better than one, but man, two is just so perfect. Like it's it's perfectly paced. All those games have, I think, a, a really good length to them. Um, as yeah. I, as I've gotten older, like I've really appreciated a game that can just show up for ten to fourteen hours and then call it a day and be like, "All right, see you later." None of them overstay their welcome. Uh, they're they're really good. Uh, it's got to be got to be whatever gets you at the end of the day. Like like I I was thinking about it and. If if I were to name 
the four games that I've logged most hours in in my entire lifespan. Um, it would be Skyrim. It would be World of Warcraft, which I'm sure is unsurprising to everyone. Chrono Trigger, which you mentioned. But I mm-hmm. think outside of those three, the one that I logged most hours in ever is uh, Tony Hawk Underground. <laughs> I'm entirely serious when I say that. It don't, is a game that I feel bad. About. Don't, don't feel bad. When I had my GameCube, I actually played the shit out of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, probably. I played yeah. the hell out of that for maybe like 100 hours. And I don't know why. I can yeah, exactly. They were can, fun games until like the twentieth iteration. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, everyone, everyone has their Tony Hawk. So, mm-hmm. so we're we're, go. we're drifting a little bit, but I have I I can t- maybe top you on stupid game. I spent a weird amount of time playing. Um, there's a, a, a um, shit. It's not the Behemoth. Maybe it is the Behemoth. Yeah, actually, I think it is officially. They put out Alien Hominid. Uh, on on the game. Oh, here. Alien Hominid. Sure, yeah. sure. Now, yeah. let's not talk about Alien Hominid. Here's something you don't know about. It's called PDA Games, and it's a, you play a stick figure. It's just a little side piece in Alien Hominid. You play a stick figure, and with, with up to four players, you navigate these really simply drawn block levels just to get to an end goal. And I, I didn't even know how many levels it had when we started, so I just started playing it with some friends and we were like, let's beat it. Well, little did I know there's like 600 levels in the damn thing. <laughs> and so for like four weekends, more than that, maybe even for like a couple months, we would, my friends would come over just every Saturday and we would just try to beat that game. <laughs> and I love the shit out of that game, but I don't want to know how many hours I've put into it. it. It's a scary, that's Pandora's box right there. I know it feels like we probably closed out by saying our favorite things, but there were a couple other just little things that I thought were of note uh, last generation. And this one can kind of go on the good and the bad list. It's more of just like a neutral memory of, huh, remember that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the flash in the pan that was Rock Band and all of, oh, yeah. the, <laughs> all of the musical peripherals that are attached to it. I mean, obviously Guitar Hero was big. But Rock Band was the apex. Like that was. No, no. I was, I was totally going to mention it earlier when we were having the Wii discussion because that was the party game. Like, like I said, I had the Wii kind of um, mm-hmm. at the height of when I went back to school, and then just everyone would come over. My, you know, my sister, she did uh, undergrad at the same time that I was in uh, graduate school, so she would she would come over and she would bring her friends and all that kind of thing. And it was like the party system, and it was mostly because of Rock Band. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I, I can't tell you that. Like, there was just a period of time where if I went to a party, they had rock band there. Like, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even I didn't even need to worry about it. Like, I just knew that wherever I went, rock band <laughs> would be available to me. <laughs> and no matter how awkward I would feel or how out of place I would be at that party, I could just walk over somewhere else and show people that, like, I could play expert on the guitar or something. Um, <laughs> and that's that gentleman is how you get laid. <laughs> Well, you see, the, the interesting thing is me and, uh, you know, one of my close friends at the time, and we had another friend that would come, and we basically almost had a full brand. We didn't have a bassist, but, you know, we had the drummer, I was the guitarist, we had the singer. And we would basically do it every week or every now and then whenever everyone would come up. And then what happens, but a girl gets between the band members. <laughs> You're always over there playing that stupid game. Take yeah, that's, exa- that's exactly what happened, and we lost our drummer, and the band fell apart. That's awesome. I love the the idea of like real band drama leeching into <laughs> these music games. You know, like 
guys, I think we should play Guitar Hero World Tour. And they're like, you're out of the fucking band now. It sounds like <laughs> playing an MMO or something. You ruined the well, guild. I, mean, I, I feel like Rock Band did it to itself, though, when it went away. You what know? did they do wrong? I don't really know. Like, nothing well, went, was, nothing went was, wrong. I just kind of stopped being interested in it. Well, they also started releasing a whole bunch of uninteresting titles, like the Rock Band, The Beatles, only wants to play one genre of music when you play Rock Band. Yeah, yeah. and I guess the, the keyboard was underwhelming and, and not yeah. that great. Um, and, then, and then, you know, Activision uh, had its whole takeover, its merger and all that, where, you know, they were going to do whatever possible to make as much money as possible. And I guess it was, I guess after they realized Rock Band wasn't making them as much money as before, that they just kind of killed it and focused all their energy in Blizzard. Well, you know, I think games like that, there's just, you can only play them for so long before the novelty kind of depletes. Like, I remember me and my friend in college were really getting into DDR for, you know, like six months. And oh, then, yeah, that was a thing, too. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then Guitar Hero showed up and we were like, what the fuck are we dancing for? That's stupid. Let's go play a fake guitar. <laughs> I was saying the same thing except before. <laughs> 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 yeah it's not one of those things you want to look back on <laughs> the fuck are you people dancing for <laughs> fair enough that's a bummer um i think uh for me at least the one last thing i don't and if you guys have anything else that's sticking out in your mind that you uh want to talk about or, or remember fondly um but i i have to mention red dead redemption Oh yeah! Like out of all the Rockstar games that I've ever played, including Grand Theft Auto Five, I don't think I've ever played a title that they've released that I loved as much as Red Dead Redemption. Like I just love the shit out of that game. It is it is a very very close second to Uncharted Two uh, for me. Um, well, there's there's actually no Rockstar title. I I I did like Grand Theft Auto Five a lot. I think I think it's going to take a little bit of time to get away from uh, this year to see. What really kind of stands out in my mind, whether Bioshock Infinite and all that were kind of just a flash in the pan or it was really standing out. But I think if we're going to talk open world, I already kind of mentioned Infamous 2, but Saints Row the third. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I think the whole the whole Saints Row series was um, was uh, kind of a I don't I don't want to say a revelation, but like it's this this weird game that came off as like this GTA knockoff and it is. It's a success story in the sense that I never thought it would happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I never, I never thought that we would get past Saints Row Two and like have more Saints Row games, and not only that, but like have people clamoring to buy them, like that. Yeah, and I, I like, my mind. I, I think, I think, as far as things go, um, you know, Jason was actually the one that put me onto the Saints Row series. I someone mentioned yeah. <laughs> one and two to me, and I looked at it, and it was like. Oh, this is another fucking Grand Theft Auto clone, and then I played three, and I'm like, no, this is really fun, and it's really its own kind of crazy thing. This is awesome. This is like I, I, Saints Row three. I played that. It was the first time in a long time I said this feels like a video game, and I wasn't saying that kind of like in a bad or condescending way. It's like if you if you if you get back to the era of 16 bit and 8 bit and all that, when shit was just completely crazy and everyone was on acid and nothing made sense. <laughs> well, if it's like if, if you were at an ar- if you were at an arcade with modern technology, Saints Row is what you'd be playing at it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> one other one that I want to make sure we mentioned before we finish. I don't know which of you wrote this in the document, but I, <laughs> I think it deserves mention. <laughs> Maybe more mention next week, okay. but. Um, <laughs> We, we've got written here, Duke Duke and Forever. And then, <laughs> and then 
in parentheses, it was finally released, which you're right. That's a really good thing that happened this generation. It's like people were able to just move on with their lives. And we accepted it was It's horrible. like a hell freezes over type thing. <laughs> we, we need to say this for next week because next week's going to be all the negativity, right? Oh, God. No next more week, happy feelings. Next week's got to be like a six-hour podcast. I, I do want to give accolades to one more game, which is Heavy Rain. And I know we've talked about all the things that are wrong with it, which is a lot. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, it, if you want to talk about a game that really just got me involved, like you're talking about dark games and needing to play Mario afterwards, like I played that through and didn't get a very happy ending. Like I dwelled on that for days afterwards, which is not something I normally do with games. So <laughs> actually it, happened to be with Catherine. <laughs> really? Yeah, I got a not so good ending and I was bummed out about it for a long time. Which is great, because, I mean, I guess the previous generation kind of had that too, but we're definitely getting more games where you get that level of personal involvement. Like, Oh my god. <sighs> I, I, I don't want to run over your thought, if you're not no, done. No, please. But it's it, the, the, the game that I think that I'm going to take to my grave as bumming me out <laughs> is Walking Dead. Oh, mm. yeah, shit. Without spoiling it, I mean, we kind of just did, but... Um, <laughs> God, that game is a huge bummer. By the way, season two <laughs> comes out this month. Um, a little bit later this month, they announced. Oh, okay. So you're Good. Get I, get some, to be, I get to be depressed straight through another Christmas. <laughs> it sounds awesome. It's fantastic. I know this isn't even uh, this last generation, but I think Snake Eater probably wins the title of game that just made me depressed afterwards. <laughs> like, even now, I still feel pretty bad for Big Boss. You guys should really finish Last <clears throat> of Us. Um, yeah, I'll get around yeah. to it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a pretty pretty big. It's a, it's not as much of a direct downer, but it's it's a pretty somber ending. Um I I I know that I keep saying I'm done, but two other IPs that came out of this generation that I think are really good and worth mentioning. Um mm-hmm. the Dead Space series. Uh Oh yeah. Yeah. I I like them a lot. I know 3 didn't really stick the landing, but I think 1 and 2 are great. Um and then uh on top of that uh Arkham Asylum and mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah, and, and definitely one. definitely Arkham City. Yeah. Like they made a good Batman game. I didn't even think that was possible. No one thought a good superhero game was <laughs> possible. Period. And we had a couple of good offerings. I think I think Batman's definitely the most memorable. Considering the uh, last time I enjoyed a Batman game was on the NES, playing Batman Returns. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pulled off something magic there. I think we had a good uh, few horror offerings this this. Uh, Gen. It wasn't as strong as it was the gen before, but you know mm. we did see some good stuff. So, and let's not forget so. that the entire fucking Assassin's Creed series happened in the last generation. That's oh God, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> I've heard some people like that one. Oh God, yeah. what a boner I pop! <clears throat> Assassin's Creed Two. I I can't even believe that I I didn't mention it because I I adore that game. Um, something about two for me. Like two is always my magic number. I love Assassin's Creed Two. I love Dead Space 2. I love Uncharted 2. It's just the twos. Fuck the threes. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> but it's been a good eight years. Uh, and I've I've spanned all the consoles. And I've played my fair share of PC games. And uh, this generation has, has you know maintained status quo pretty well. If anything, I would say as far as new intellectual property goes, 
I'd actually say there are more games that like I was excited about that came out this generation than I was the generation before. I feel like the PlayStation 2 and the GameCube and a lot of those were were all really solid systems, but I never felt as much like I don't know. I I don't I can't think of a lot of series that began back then that I'm still in love with today or that I still am totally digging. Oh, like yeah. how you say it's uh, this was a great eight years. Next week we're going to talk about how this was a horrible last eight years. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that you should really be excited for because it's also it's also been a fucking shitty eight years. God damn it! Uh, this is going to be an eight years that leaves everyone with mixed feelings. That's for sure. Yeah, and I mean nothing. Nothing's perfect, and I, I don't. Maybe someday we'll have to like battle out all the cycles and see which which console generation is is our well, favorite, but. Maybe I, I I think it's an easy call on that one though. Uh, d- tell me, it's going to be uh, I I don't know the official number for the generation, but it's going to be Super Nintendo and Sega yeah. Genesis. Yeah, it kind of has to be, I think. Yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, maybe in, in different ways. <laughs> it's it's hard to describe. Yeah, we, we can't get into that. Not right now. Not yes. with so little time <laughs> left. That'll be another three part podcast. But which was better, Sonic or Mario? <laughs> It's definitely Mario. Like that's that's pretty. <laughs> I, I even loved Sonic. <laughs> like I loved him to death. I'd love to see a formal debate. Which is better, Mario or Sonic? And see how how short that debate ends. I wonder. If, I, I wonder I, if like well, Genesis, no one here is going to disagree. I wonder if like Genesis yeah. diehards still exist. Like if there are people today who are like, oh yeah, Sega did what Nintendo didn't. And you you, you, you know that they still exist. You know that they're out there. You know there's always going to be a contrarian, no matter what. You can you can you're going to tell them that the Virtual Boy was the worst system, and they'll be like, no, it was the fucking best system. Oh, yeah, shit. well, you never played Booger Man. That was great. I <laughs> fucked up my best generation. It's definitely Sega Saturn. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some of that Daytona USA, baby. Well, if you say so. I, I was playing Cruising USA. Well, you can go to hell. Cruising, yeah. USA, yeah. <laughs> Is that the one where you could hit the deer and they'd explode into lots of pieces? I don't think so. I don't think that, <laughs> that was the game where you could hit the trees and they fell that- backwards. Is that Rush? What am I thinking of? <laughs> you're not thinking about Carmageddon. <laughs> well, hang on. This is a good segue here. If you're listening to this and uh, you know what that arcade racing game that you hit the deer and they explode into pieces, if you know what that is, I want you to write into us. It sounds uh, like something that would happen in Carmageddon. It's, I don't think it exactly. is. It, Carmageddon didn't have an arcade unit, though. This was like a game where you like could actually sit down in the chair and grab the wheel Hey, hey, speaking of sitting down in the chair, did anyone play Arctic Thunder? Yeah. That was that's my shit. We're we're really far out of this generation now, but um, <laughs> I guess if you really want to talk about it, remember that skateboarding game? I know you guys all had it in your respective towns, but you know the arcade system that has the skateboard that you stand on and you sway back and forth? No, we didn't I, have I, that. I know one. of it. I, I, I think I played the snowboarding version, not the skateboarding version. Well, sure. There was probably one of those, too. Well, either way, I always wanted to play that, but I never had enough money because it cost like, a full dollar. Our arcade had Silent Scope for that purpose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Silent Scope. <laughs> the, all the arc- Every arcade that I've ever been to has that game, though, right? Where you're a kid and you're like, I have 50 cents so I can play <laughs> two games of Street Fighter well, <laughs> or I could play half a game of, <laughs> you know. Here's the thing. I never, that I really I never played Street you know, Fighter. Instead, you know I really, played The you know, Simpsons. Oh, yeah. You know what's really really depressing? There are going to be people listening to this podcast that were born 
in the year 2000 and they won't know what the fuck we're talking about. Like, what's it? What's a cruise in USA? I don't. <laughs> How much RAM do I need to run a Minecraft server? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will say, you know, living in Japan, the world where they still have arcades and they're still a big thing. Man, I fucking hate arcades. I don't know what childhood me was thinking. They're awful. <laughs> they're so colorful and they're everything's colorful. glowing. They're so loud and dirty. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I went to an arcade recently. It was like me and two other guys at this mini golf slash arcade in the ass end of Virginia that went there. And it was like... Uh, uh, sorry, Vermont. I got, I'm confusing it with Stabwatch, Virginia. Um, it was really creepy. You're really out of place. I've never been to Stabwatch, Virginia. We have to wrap up. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. All right. So if you okay. know of a stabbing or have been stabbed, I want you to reach out to us. It's contact at enemyslime.com. If you're having dark thoughts, I want you to tweet at us. It's, uh, it's our Twitter address is the enemy slime. If you have an arcade cabinet for Arctic Thunder, I will buy it off you. There you go, Jay. I'll buy it off you. Um, you should check out our Facebook. It's facebook.com slash the enemy slime. You should look at our YouTube channel. It's also enemy slime. We just posted up a second video, so we have literally doubled our video content. I think you're going to like what you see. And I, I think that uh, pretty much should do it. Tweet about the podcast. Use the hashtag enemy podcast. And, uh, and tell us how wrong we are about everything we said. And then be sure to tune in next week where so we us, say mean things. Tell, tell us that Portal 2 is not objectively the yeah, best hey, game of hey, generation. Yeah, hey, Portal, Portal 2 contrarians, come and, come and dispute what I have said. We'll read <laughs> your all we the will, why it sucks. We will read your email on this podcast for all to hear. So make it good. <laughs> okay, people, we only have a couple more episodes left of the year, and then we're going to be taking a break. But they will be sexy, and we're out. There you go.